0: If you or someone you know is struggling with alcoholism or addiction, do not hesitate to reach out for help. You can find numerous free resources on our website, thebeginagainpodcast.com, and there are tons of resources and support networks available online, in person, or just a phone call away. You don't have to face this challenge alone. Welcome to the Begin Again Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Menkes. On the Begin Again podcast, we delve into the inspiring journeys of individuals who have overcome alcoholism and addiction and emerge as true trailblazers in entrepreneurship, business, sports, and beyond. Through authentic, uplifting, and profound conversations with our guests, we aim to shatter the stigma surrounding addiction and demonstrate that recovery can be a catalyst for remarkable success, strength, and resilience. We firmly believe that by listening to these accounts, you will be empowered to unlock your own potential, instigate positive change in your life, and contribute to the creation of a better world. So, get ready to be inspired and embark on your own personal journey of growth with the Begin Again podcast. Welcome back to the Begin Again Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Menkes. And joining us today is the founder of Sober is the new cool Kim Bellis. Back in 2013, Kim's 15-year-old started having seizures. Like most teenagers, he liked socializing, and going to parties. But her son was unable to drink due to his seizures. In an effort to make her son happy, Kim assured him that alcohol wasn't necessary for him to enjoy himself. But she also immediately dawned on her... How hypocritical she was, she was being a frequent wine drinker herself. So to prove a point to her son, she stopped drinking for three months and then another three months. And after six months of sobriety, Kim found herself happier than she had been in quite a while. And what started as an example for her son became something she decided to fully commit to for her son and for herself. Today, Kim has been sober for over 10 years, which is amazing. Congratulations. Congratulations. Sobriety's changed her outlook on life for the better and has improved both her physical and mental well-being. She's the supporter of many nonprofits in New York City, and the National Assembly in Quebec did a declaration of her work during International Recovery Month. Her goal is to show that a sober life is an exhilarating life and a life that anyone can reap the benefits from. Kim, that was fantastic to read. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I, I'm so honored to have to be here.
0: No, the honor's all mine. I was just saying off offline here that this is going to be a little different perspective. We're used to hearing some of the war stories and the depths that alcoholism and addiction can take us, but you have a different little spin on it. What started is helping your son. First of all, how's your son doing today?
1: He's going to be six years uh, seizure-free, uh, January
0: 24th. That's amazing. God bless. That's so good to hear. Six years. Amazing. And so you have a different perspective as far as, you know, what started out. Another difficult time in your life, and your son's life, I'm sure, turned into this amazing brand, Sober is the New Cool. And you, I see you everywhere, which I think is a testament to how much you put into this. So tell us that, you know, you have a different viewpoint. Tell us how it started. I mean, I, I obviously, you know, he had the seizures and you wanted to pre approve something to him. But what did you learn quickly? Six months is a quick time. Well,
1: quite honestly, you know, I guess, the whole, the whole thing really is a mother's love because I loved him more than I loved myself. Wow. I wouldn't quit drinking for a diet or for just about anything. So yes, in fact, it starts off like um, very differently because on the outside looking in, you know, I was the mom that went to school, did the class mom stuff, did all the benefits, you know, for cancer, this, that. So I mean, I looked like I was having a good life. And I'm not going to say I didn't. I did to an extent. But I was living half a life. And when my son got sick, you know, I guess uh, about, you know, going from playing football and being an active kid five nights a week to me being afraid. You know, this starts at really when he's 13 because... Before we got on the meds and everything sorted out, there was a good year and a half in between of, of doing all this. And before Sober's the new pool kind of like took a, a life of its own. And he was just, I was depressed. He was depressed. There was a lot of anxiety in the house. And yes, I was drinking a lot more wine than I normally drank, just because, you know, to relax and whatever. And my poor Matthew... You know, after we started the medication, it was like, okay, Matt, go out, have fun, do something. And like I said, when I saw that I'm telling him, you don't need wine, and I've got this huge glass, I mean, uh, it was just such a hypocritical moment in my life. It was like a truck hit me, honestly. And at that point, I thought, this is three months, I'm going to give three months to my son and support him. It was never supposed to be anything more than that. And After three months, when he said to me, you know, mom, now you could be like everybody else again. I got to tell you, it broke my heart. Mm. And I said, okay, I'm going to do another two nights. I mean, it just came out of my mind, you know, my mouth. And I guess the first year I had said to him at one point, I'm sorry, you got sick, Matthew, but by you getting sick, I got my life back. Because I didn't realize how much I was missing in my life. Because... Once I stopped drinking, I had so much more energy. I was so positive. I was trying different things. My mind was open. Um, Sure, I was anxious. I mean, I still had all that insecurity stuff that I've struggled with my whole life, not being good enough, not being this. But I guess because he was sick, it was easy for me to, every time I went somewhere, and I didn't go very many places. Let's call a spade a spade at the beginning. I actually... I couldn't really go many places because all of a sudden the red wine was with pasta. The rosé was with sushi. All of a sudden, all these little triggers were in my head. And in my family, we were no strangers to problems with alcohol. So, yeah. So, it just kind of continued. and. One time, Matthew had some friends coming over, and I heard him say, "You know, our boys come with their backpacks and the beer and the little bottles and whatever." He said, "You guys can't bring that in my house. My mother stopped drinking for me because even though he was epileptic, he had trouble saying he couldn't do He wanted to be like the boys. He sure. wanted to to do everything. You know, the crazy things, talking to girls, standing up on bars. You know, the whole thing. So." <laughs> I guess he used me and I used him, you know, to get through these moments. And as, as time went by, I realized, you know, my sister made this logo because there was nothing out there almost 11 years ago uh, talking about sobriety. There, there was nothing other than I, uh, Hello Sunday Morning out of uh, Australia. And I thought, this is crazy. So we, we didn't know what we were doing. We started a Facebook page. And the UK was like, it was like, boom. I had messages from every age group, men, women, whatever. Because they are much more, uh, they were much more talkative about this. You know, like they were open. They, you know, their non-alcoholic drinks were much more ahead of the US and Canada. So I guess I was lucky to have all that support. And it just, I mean, this was supposed to be, something that started on a kitchen table or kitchen island. And it was supposed to be for my son to give him something that he could show people and say, okay, I can't drink because, or use it as an excuse. It was, it just happened. And, you know, I guess I realized at that, that moment, the first year, especially for me, everywhere I went, I was 52 at the time. People were saying everywhere I went, Oh, come here, just have a drink with us. Nobody will know. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, if they're doing that with me, how is my son going to survive? I mean, mm-hmm. right? And the first year we did end up in a hospital, a hospital in an ambulance many times because he did kind of drink with his medication, right? Because he wanted to belong. Boy. And so, you know, sober as the new cool was born and it just took on a life of its own. And you know, we made T-shirts and hoodies, I guess, to give people a sense of pride and to give back to the community. And I really wanted people to know, one, you know, that they were good enough, you know, that they had qualities they just forgot they had, that the alcohol or the drugs was just a Band-Aid for something much deeper. And I think because I was 52 and my white hair, I think a lot of people saw me as their mother, and it's easier to take it from somebody else other than your mother and your father when (laughs) you're doing things you're not supposed to be doing, right? Absolutely. And it just, here we are, and it just snowballed, and I think I was lucky I met the most incredible people on this journey.
0: Yes. Right? Yes. Yes
1: authentic you know they're honest they they they're creative like there's so many adjectives you can use in the last 10 years I mean I've met people from Hollywood to uh, you know India to all over the world New Zealand here there I mean Singapore and everybody's so accepting of one another and everybody's so willing to help
0: it's so spot on. And I say that all the time, and I haven't been doing this for 10 years, you know, a podcast or recover out loud, you know, I've always met, you know, amazing people in recovery and people that I love to this day. But when I went down this journey of of doing this a little more in public, if you will, out, recovery out loud, which is a new term to me, you know, the one thing I, I am still just, you know, flabbergasted, to be honest with you, with the amazing people and communities that I continue to meet in such a short amount of time, and you you just described them all perfectly. They're they're amazing people, they're creators, they're super authentic, they're open, their lives are pretty much an open book. And the bottom line, they just they're just they just want to help people. They want to help people realize that they don't have to live that way anymore and that they're not alone. And this is how my podcast, uh, you know, was launched in the brainchild. I don't even know how it how it started, to be honest with you. It was, this was not on the radar. I say that all the time, but you touched upon a lot of things uh, that you started discovering about yourself in this short period of time. And it's things that I totally relate to, like, uh, you know, not good enough. I I suffer from that my whole entire life. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not enough, you know? And, you know, part of that grew this big chip on my shoulder for a lot of other, other reasons that started growing the chip on my shoulder. But, you know, and you talked about, the band-aid that alcohol is just a band-aid for really, you know, what you're feeling inside to make you, you know, be okay for that time. And thinking, think put myself in your son's shoes just as a 15 year old, not with his health issues, but just as a 15 year old, that's where, you know, I started a little younger before that, maybe a few years younger before that, but those are the real, I guess they were tough years, right? You know, girls started coming into the picture and sports and all this stuff. I think it's fascinating that you start this, you know, just to help your son and you're going to do it with him but you start discovering this sort of real life stuff about yourself. Can we talk about that? What was, I know you had mentioned your family is not, you're no stranger to alcohol and that could mean a lot of things. You know, there's heavy drinkers, there's drinkers and there's disease, there's alcoholism and what have you. And we don't need to touch upon that. I want to hear about what you started discovering about yourself.
1: Well, you know, I think the, the, the biggest thing that I, I discovered was all of a sudden, like at 52 thinking I'm reinventing myself, which I never thought I could do. Um, you know, all the events I, I did or I or places I went, I always drank because I was always shy. I was always nervous. I thought I needed that to be able to communicate with people, which now I realize I was not doing a very good job in the least. <laughs> and I'm much better at it sober. But I think I've always been somebody who kind of saw the world in rose-colored glasses, you know. I always had that kind of outlook. And I guess when I stopped drinking, I realized I wasn't actually that positive after all, you know, I, and it it seems to be so much easier to believe the bad things about yourself than the good. Yeah. Uh, Right. And I guess when I met all these people and I guess one, I was like so honored that people would trust me with their stories and their life and their secrets. You know, to me that was like, wow. How did that happen? And why, you know, they think I'm all that, you know, <laughs> like, wow, <laughs> okay, you know. So, and I guess the fact that, like, I met one, I've never had daughters, and I've always wanted daughters, and uh, two sons, and I met a young woman in London, England, and she wanted to, you know, she had had her struggles uh, with alcohol, and, you know, we became quite close, And after about, I would say, a year's time, she said to me, would you do a tattoo? And I said, I'm not quite the tattoo type, but more ribbons and bows. And right away, I thought, if that was my son that asked somebody that's a stranger, let's face it, that um, to do a matching tattoo, wouldn't I want him to have that? And so off I went, and I went to a tattoo. I found a tattoo place in Montreal. She was in London, England, by WhatsApp. We had our phones, and we did this tattoo, which is the infinity sign with a pink heart and a white heart. And because I used to finish my conversations with her saying, I love you infinity plus one, because of all the trauma she had gone through in her life, she didn't feel she had that motherly love. And that's what I used to tell my kids. So the infinity sign, she came up with the design. And we still talk today. We're about six years into our relationship. We've had some good times, some bad times, but we're still together. And she sees me as the mom she never had. And I guess she was really the catalyst that made me realize, or every time I kind of thought, okay, I'm not doing enough because there's my insecurity coming back. Yes. Um, I'm not making a difference. Um you know, why am I doing this? Nobody's really paying attention. And the other thing when I started this 11 years ago or 12 almost, people said, you're wasting your time and your money. You cannot say sober and cool in the same sense. So I had a lot of negativity surrounded by, um, you know, and, and you don't have a problem. Why are you doing this? Okay, get over it. Like, move on, come on back, you know, kind of thing. All right. All right. So I guess and every time I seemed to think I was going to give up I met another young woman or a young father or a grandmother and it just seemed that it wasn't just young women, it wasn't just young fathers, it was and it was about mental health cuz I talked about depression and and stuff about my son and me so I I guess I was open about it and it was like it is what it is. And if you don't like me, well, I didn't really like that too much, but I guess <laughs> I took the chance. And here yeah. I am.
0: That's amazing. So I mean, it's beautiful. It really is. You know, it's one thing to to sit back and you know make some t-shirts and your sister makes the logo and it's great. But how do you get to, you know, helping people across, you know, different countries looking at you as a motherly figure and have this strong super strong embrace obviously and relationship that you're still speaking through this day. You have matching tattoos. How do you make that jump? How does that happen?
1: You get up early because there's a five hour difference. <laughs> so, um, it, but we, you know, we, we made the time and I guess the connection part was, you know, like we'd say, okay, well, what movie do we like? Cause we didn't like the same things. You know, there was a real big difference, not only in age, I didn't, our, what I liked, what she liked. And so, it. and I guess because I never had a daughter, I was so grateful to have that kind of mother-daughter relationship forming. And through her, I found a lot of other young women and young mothers that I guess because I said I quit for my son, which once again, everybody says you cannot quit for somebody else. Right. You can quit for whatever reason you want, as far as I'm concerned.
0: And sure, Sure. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm from the camp that, you know, you can't really quit until you want to like, things can happen, you know, but, and you can, you can play victim and you can blame things, but until and I'm speaking from my own experience until I gave up, like I didn't want to do it anymore. Like that's what it was for me. And that's what I've seen countless other times. I've seen people get arrested and thrown in jail and all that they do is stop drinking for a while and they'll, they'll stay out of trouble and they can't, they don't want to, or they're not ready or whatever it is, but when they're ready, they're ready. And that's when their life changes. But what I was getting at also, like you're helping people all over the place, all over the world, literally all over the world. Right. And so you're getting these people that are, you know, they're super attracted to you because look at this woman, she stopped drinking for her son, but they're looking at themselves. Right. And they, maybe they want to stop drinking and they come to you for advice and you take on this motherly role to them how is that shift like when when did that happen from like i was saying before like making t-shirts and and this logo to like wait a minute there's something bigger going on here
1: i guess you know maybe one thing i was always good at was helping people that's what i love to do forever and um i guess whenever anyone did reach out from me to me at the beginning i did take the time i did make sure they knew they were heard and seen and loved and, you know, whether they were a man, you know, I have one good, good friend that, you know, I drove him crazy when he had a slip up. I called him and I texted him and I sent messages day and night and he's back and he's wonderful and and, uh, and he's a gift in my life because he just shows me that there is always hope, you know. And I guess, you know, every time I meet somebody, it's a different circumstance. It's a different thing they're looking for. And if what I kind of try and do is, is find people where they live, mm. or, um, you know, find things because I don't pretend to be the life coach. I'm, I'm not I don't like that word. I don't like that. I'm not gonna pretend I'm a clinical psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm just someone who cares. And I care enough to try and connect, you know, young women, or young men in different communities. You know, I was fortunate enough to meet about six years ago, a woman called um, Eve Goldberg. You must look her up if she's from Big Vision. She's absolutely an extraordinary woman. And from the day I listened to her talking, she made me want to be a better person. She really did. And I thought, there's always, Something that was pushing me to keep going, to reach out, to answer every text message that I could possibly answer. And I'm on my phone from, I'd say, five in the morning till 10 at night, probably. And sometimes need be there's certain people that have access to my personal phone in case they need something. Like if they're going on their first sober vacation, I do WhatsApp and make sure that I'm available because I think the beginning is hard. And when you don't have support or community
0: around you. Yeah, I don't want to repeat myself. I think it's, it's just amazing. But you, you mentioned reinventing yourself, 52, yes. right? Yes. And I'm 49 now, and this is all new to me as well. So we're sort of similar spots, I guess I, I would say, in a, in a funny way. Um, but you, you know, you, like, again, you start making these low You start doing what you're doing, making the logo. and But now you're, you're helping people, right? And you feel like you're reinventing yourself. You hear the woman yes. Eve Goldberg, right? Did I have that right? Yeah. Eve Goldberg, yeah. yeah. And yeah. you're overcome. You're filled with, I want to be a better person. Yeah. So there's a there's a transformation. It seems like happening, like all oh, that's sort of out of your control. That there's a higher purpose for you. When uh, do you uh, when uh, when, do you, uh, when does that like strike you and say, okay, there's there's something because you know I've had similar feelings like that. It's not about me, but you know when does it hit you? Like, wait a minute, there's something bigger at work here there's a higher purpose for me you know when do you find that because that's you know that's a whole you know we could call it reinventing but that's like a catapult to a whole another beautiful life at you know starting at age 52 i think is beautiful like i am a big believer and maybe it's just me being stubborn that my best years one thousand percent are ahead of me like a hundred percent and it's up to me you know i could sit here and i we have i'm sure you have friends too like you know um I this age I'm overweight and this, you know, it's over. It's like, shut up. It's not over, you know, you it can be. And yeah, if you want to live that way, go ahead. But I'm like I'm the total opposite, you know, and I, it, this has been rejuvenating myself in a way too, but I've been this way for a while. But when do you feel, when does it hit Kim? Like, wait a minute, there's,
1: you know, I have to say that but it's almost every day because I open my phone or my iPad or I wake up with the thought of someone or something and I send a message right away before I get a coffee, before I do anything. And I cannot tell you how many times people have said to me, how did you know I needed this today? Wow. So I, it, there has to be a divine intervention happening here because you can't, I cannot know everybody and everything. And, you know, lately I was in New York city for, um, Break Free uh, New York um, Fashion Week. And she's fantastic, Alexandra. And we were a bunch of women that finally had met for the first time. You know, and we've been talking online for quite some time. And they were doing runway shows, doing all kinds of different things for the first time, different ages. And in walks a beautiful young woman. And she said, oh, my God, I have to talk to you. And she said, when you're talking, I feel like you're talking to me. And I'm not telling this story because she was giving me any compliments. There was five other women in the room. Um, One woman gave her a copy of her book. The two and three young women that were sitting on the couch waiting to do hair and makeup because she started to share her story that she had, you know, so much anxiety and so many issues that she was dealing with and how to get through all this. And she said, you give me light, you give me inspiration. And behind me, all of a sudden, these two young women almost together say, and almost in tears, thank you for sharing your story because now we can say how scared we are of what we're doing today and how many problems we have. And the love that was in that room between seven women, and I'm saying from the age of probably 63, I was probably the oldest, to 21, life changing for everybody there. For me to be told that, that I make such a difference in somebody's life and to meet them, not just have this online. The woman who writes the book, Wendy Bayer, she's fantastic. She had, kept, she had 20 copies of her book that day. She had given them all out but one. And she has the last copy to give this young woman. And then these other women that are 20... Ish, like young, really young, yeah. and starting their recovery and their, you know, their mental health journey, and they made a bond in that room. So, how much better could my life get than that? Like, it's it's, it's impossible.
0: That, that's amazing, and this is during Fashion Week. You're saying, right? Yes. So well, you, you invited.
1: Yeah, me. Uh, Alexandra had invited me last year,
0: right.
1: and to walk and. At 10 years sober, I have to tell you, for the two weeks before, every single day I thought, oh my God, if I could only have a body, I'm five foot two, I'm not thin, I'm not model material, oh my God, how am I ever gonna do this? And then my sister said to me, you know, this is so much bigger than how tall and slim you are. And I said, you're right, it's about mental health and addiction and acceptance and no more feeling bad and shame, you know, of, of being well and trying to get well. Right, and so I figured if I've got if I'm telling young women and young people and men, fathers, mothers, grandmothers, whatever, that oh they should do this or that, I better walk my talk. So I did it, and it was incredible. And then this year I got all these other women to be in this fashion show that uh, Hello Lady Cat and Break Free We Will Break Free put on, and they couldn't believe it that they were chosen and they were doing something because fashion week, let's let's call it state It's you know, Victoria's secret, you know, the models, the tall, slim, whatever. So yep. to be able to do that is quite something and to do it sober is another
0: thing. Uh, you're lessening the stigma. There's more people coming this year, you know, next year, you know, there's going to be more people than there was this year. Yeah. That's really what this is all about. I guess in a nutshell, right. Is the, is to lessen the stigma is to is to support people out loud people you have a voice for people and they're reaching out to you and you're helping so many people which is just there's nothing more beautiful than that And uh, i I love speaking to people that are helping people and tell us what happens with the national assembly in quebec oh
1: wow that was like there's like another example of kind of thinking in the last little while, oh, it's not working, I'm not reaching enough people, you know, now COVID is over, life is kind of, cause during COVID it was like full on and now people are kind of all over the place and, um, you know, we. I realized that in Canada, um, almost every single province had a day for some sort of event for Nat- International Recovery Month, except for us in Montreal, Quebec. And so I started talking about it. And it, it, you know, it was kind of one of those things that once again, I really don't know how it happened. It's someone who I know for a long time that was asked to become an M&A, was elected. And when she heard about, I was gonna do a walk for recovery month. That's how it all started. And I had people walking in India. I had people walking Australia. I mean, I had pictures of everybody. So it was a virtual walk once again. And then someone said, Let this MA said, we got to do it in Montreal. And I was nervous because I thought, okay, wait a minute. Virtual is one way because you're the smoke and mirrors, you can make it look a bit fancier or better than it is. But when it's in your own city, oh my God, how's that going to work? You know, nobody shows up because people still are afraid to to be out, really out there and open, especially at the beginning. But needless to say, I said, okay, we're going to do it. And we had probably between, I guess 30 and 50 people, I'm not quite sure, but there was enough people. And we did it at the top of the mountain where a lot of, it's a lookout. So a lot of people were there and we had our sign up. And there again, it was just people connecting. And when we were there, she was saying, this is incredible, all these people. We had Portage Canada that was one of our partners, which does phenomenal work in Canada. She said, well, we've got to, I've got to, you know, do talk about this. I said, well, we don't have anything into that. Nobody's got a day. Nobody's got a date. We've got to, she said, that's it. We've got to deal with this because she is a mother of two teenagers, you know, 21 and 20, you know, or tweens, whatever, whatever, and a younger one. And she said, it's everywhere. You know, it doesn't discriminate, you know, whether you become an alcoholic or a drug addict, you can come from every social standing, right? right. So. She said, We're going to do it. And there she did it. And so it was very, very nice to know that people around the world have to realize. And I guess, you know, I was known more everywhere else than in my own city, which was a bit of a shame. And I thought, okay, I've got to do things here too. I can't just, you know. So here I am. And now we're just, you know, I guess my biggest problem is saying no. I say yes to everything. Yeah.
0: I'm sure. What is some of the most regular questions that are asked of you? What's, what's your most, maybe a better way to say, what is your most important message for people?
1: For me is that they, I don't want them to wait till they're 60 to know they're enough.
0: Enough. There's that word again. I love that. You know, that's, that's so, so important. And I feel like people, you know, are afflicted with the disease of alcoholism or or addiction. You know, I think it comes from at least in, in my uh, background, you know, childhood trauma. There's so many of us that have dealt with trauma at an early age, and you know, I think it's Gabor Mate who said, you know, not everyone that has that is a alcoholic or an addict um, has been a victim of childhood trauma. But every, every, actually, I flipped that around. Everyone that is an al- alcoholic or uh, afflicted with addiction, at some point, you can put a finger on some sort of childhood trauma, and again. Yours is a little different because you kind of, you know, started this for another reason, but it's such an important message, and you're such a sort of a different light for all this, which is it's wonderful.
1: And the other thing is, I always include, and not only when people buy my t-shirts, I have little white crystal hearts that I send out, and I tell people to hold it in their hands so they know that one, they've got a piece of my heart, and two, they are never ever alone. That's beautiful, and I think that's. You know, the most important thing is connection for most people, whether you're in addiction or not, is feeling like you belong and you're worthy, right?
0: Absolutely. Connection is such a big part of recovery, you know, and something for me that, you know, we, you know, was bored, you don't say anything, you keep it all no. in, you don't share anything yeah. with anybody. And the truth is when I started sharing it and listening to what other alcoholics and people of addiction you know, told me to do was when everything changed for me, you know, slowly. So I I was the last person to realize also that things were changing for me. Like I was getting better, but I was the last person to realize. I think it's part of that sort of, you know, what you mentioned so many times today is, you know, the imposter syndrome. You know, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough, even where I'm at now. Like everything you had said, I've had those feelings in a short period of time. Like, you know, you know, I'm not, am I helping someone? I don't know. Is this really, you know, what what am I doing here? And then I have one conversation like now and I'm like, that was great. You know, like that's, I'm going to keep going. Or you get a DM on the side and say, listen, I heard your podcast and, you know, thank you. You know, I was, I I could relate to everything you had said and, you know, now I have relationships across the globe, you know, but again, the mantra here on this podcast is to help one person, just help one person today. And I know you're going to help one person when, when this airs and I can't wait for it to air so where can people find you though Kim where where, where should we get all your inspiration where can we get you
1: so I have a sober is the new cool with um, um, a period in between each word on Instagram so sober dot is dot the dot new dot com at oh, cool, uh, and I've got a website www sober is the new cool dot ca our our products are available and we give back you know there's this is no money making uh, t shirt uh, hoodie thing we try i give away um some every year to pay it forward to someone that really um is starting over or you know doesn't have the means so we are trying we have ambassadors all over the world because at least somebody can go have coffee with somebody else so i have a lot of young women in the uk that walking the straight line gave me that idea. She said, you can't do it all. Come on, give us some work to do. So it is amazing. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on uh, YouTube. And it's always sober is the new cool. And I'm here. And if I can't help you, I will promise to find somebody who can. That's for
0: sure. Well, that's coming through quite clearly kim for sure and what's in the future any any plans uh in the in the near future any any speaking engagements any anything big coming up
1: well i mean fashion week is coming again in february so that's going to be another there there is one law that they were trying to pass in new york that still has not passed it's called daniel's law which was what it was all about last year to make sure that um a mental health expert arrives on the scene to de-escalate the situation before the police or et cetera. Um, So we're still working on that. Um, Well, she is anyways, I'm just trying to help her. And, uh, you know, basically, whenever I'm asked to do something, I just say yes. So the, you know, 2024, I think, is going to be quite interesting and the sky's the limit, I think, because there's a lot of work left to be done and... uh, we need everybody to pitch in. It's not one person that's like, you know, um, I had a, just before this, I had a Sober Girls guy Jessica that it was on my live on Instagram and she's like 40-ish, you know, or 30-ish, sorry. Uh-huh. And she's a light to young women, you know, and she's doing something which I think is extraordinary It's called 30 for 30, which is the month of December. Never mind dry January. She is there for every young woman for the month of December to get through December. And then they get to decide on the 31st of December, how they want to start their year after they've achieved all these goals and had support. So it's changing. And I think, you know what, there's a lot of people doing great work and we have to stick together.
0: Couldn't agree more. That can't be, Enough of us. I had said that some other friends, uh, other podcasters, that, that we're, we're in a place there can't be en- enough of us, right? The more people there are, the more people we can help. And this is a never ending battle for sure. But you know what? Each day, the stigma is getting lessened just a little bit. And people like yourself with an amazing message. And a beautiful message of helping people is, you know, it's, there's nothing better than that. It's nothing better than that. sit and talk with someone like yourself, but you do have to promise me. We have to, I know we'll stay in touch after this, but when you do come back to New York, we need to meet up for a coffee for sure.
1: Absolutely. I'm going to be there the week of February 12th, but I must say thank you for your podcast because people listen to podcasts. It's incredible how many people are loving podcasts right now. And you know, that takes away their shame by you talking to other people and allowing your story also to be shared, because without that, if you don't, then nobody else, else will. Right. So wow. thank you.
0: I appreciate that. That's very nice of you. Thank you very much. Well, Kim, it's been a pleasure. Uh, I can, we can keep going. I know you're a busy woman, but I really appreciate your time and I really more so appreciate meeting you and staying in touch. I say this all the time that, you know, I'm big on keeping relationships up. And so DM, you and I've been DMing a lot lately on the side, which is perfect. And, uh, you know, it's just, it really is. It's a, it's a privilege and it's a blessing to be on the same team as you. And I love all that you're doing and I look forward to meeting you in person.
1: Well, you're stuck with me now. So (laughs) there you go.
0: Deal. Sounds like a deal. (laughs)
1: And I wish you all the best for the holidays and the new year coming and to everybody. that's yes. thank,
0: you. thank you for saying that and right back at you. We all feel the same way for you. We wish you have a wonderful holiday and a happy and a healthy and stay busy and keep smiling and keep doing what you're doing.
1: Thank you.
0: Take care now. Thank you for tuning in to another powerful episode of the Begin Again podcast. We sincerely appreciate your time and support. We hope that today's conversation has ignited a spark within you, affirming that recovery is not only attainable, but can also be a wellspring of strength and resilience. Our ultimate goal is to make a difference in someone's life every single day. By sharing these stories of redemption, we strive to empower you and inspire you to unlock your fullest potential, facilitate positive transformations, and contribute to creating a better future for yourself, for your loved ones, and the world at large. If you know someone who could benefit from listening to our show, please share it with them. And if you resonate with our mission and feel compelled to do so, we would greatly appreciate your support through a five-star review following us on Instagram, and subscribing to our YouTube channel, the Begin Again Podcast. The more positive reviews we receive and the wider our message spreads, the greater our collective ability to help others realize that change is possible in their own lives. Thank you once again for being a part of our community. May you be blessed on your own journey of personal growth and transformation.